boy, uh, it's been a week, huh? So there's going to be no episode episode this week, uh, with things being a bit fractious and strange as they are. However, we will not leave you without content. We have a little trailer for you. So after Cesaro is finished, which is very, very close, we've already recorded the ending, but no spoilers. We had intended to do a little Mara prequel with Mara coming back and two new characters joining her as we sort of bumble around the yawning portal, obviously very classic, to try and, you know, give ourselves a little bit of time between now and Eberron. However, we were holding off on Eberron because Conrad has his degree to finish, and if he thinks about Eberron, he won't finish his degree. But that may stop being a thing very soon, in which case we will sort of pop on to Eberron. Currently, Conrad is in Cambridge, Annie is in York, uh, Henry and I are in London, though obviously we have not seen each other. So we might be posting mics around the country and just seeing how we go. But in the meantime, here's a little fun something to keep you going, and we'll see you next week with Monster Sara. Stay safe, we love you, stay inside, listen to more podcasts. Okay, bye! We find ourselves in Eberron once again, this time in the year 998. Four years have passed since the Day of Mourning, where the nation of Kyrie was destroyed, and the last war has been over for two years after the Treaty of Thronehold. Two Shan City Watch officers are standing on a street corner impatiently in the Longstairs district of Lower North Edge, a fairly quiet district for the bustling streets of Shan. The late summer rain is beating down onto the umbrella they're sharing, though most of the rain is kept at bay by the web of bridges that connect the gigantic towers that constitute the city above them. Behind them are illusory words floating to mark a crime scene, saying, Shan watch, do not cross, being projected from an arcane contraption on one side. One officer, a pale and wiry human man with a goatee, turns to speak to the other a dark-skinned dwarven fellow with a plaited beard and top-heavy physique. It's Phelan's fall today, right? Do you think the victims were going to the shrine? No, you dumbass. It's the 24th of Barakas today. Phelan's fall is tomorrow. This is obviously above our pay grade, so just hold out for the detectives. A minute of awkward silence follows before a simple horse-drawn carriage pulls up and outsteps a scruffy half-elf man in a creased suit and a large trench coat. He's short for somebody of his ancestry, with olive skin, dark hair, and patchy stubble. He passes some money to the driver as another figure steps out from the rear, the whole cart lifting slightly as his massive form ducks to exit revealing a tall and muscular dragonborn man with red scales who opens up an umbrella for him and his companion. The dwarven officer walks over to the figures. The half-elf tugs at his sleeve where silver cufflinks meet a crumpled shirt to reveal the dragon mark of detection on the back of his hand. I'm Fenris Kenthrest, and this is my partner, Van Renaeus Noble. Hello. It's good to meet you. We're here as Threst Noble Private Investigators. I'm the Scion Housemaid Danny Sent. 
what do we got here? Well, we're certain the victims were... The half-elf holds up a finger to interrupt the officer. He gets out a cigarette and lights it with a click of his fingers, before motioning for the officer to continue. The officer looks unimpressed. As I was saying, seems like the victims were killed using some heavy magic. We can't make hide nor hair of it. No signs of a struggle either. Have we identified the victims? That's the thing. We can't. What do you mean we can't? The bodies, they're... Blank. What do you mean, blank? Why don't you see for yourself? The half-elf shrugs as he and his fellow detective make their way through the illusory barrier and down the alley on the other side. Don't need to be asshole to everyone on City Watch. Yeah, but you know, us locals always say, in the upper wards, the watch works for the wealthy. In the middle wards, they work for the Baromar clan. And in the lower wards, well, they don't work at all. <laughs> Still is best we be respectful. We need them on our side. Hold on. I smell something. A faint, caustic, synthetic aroma permeates the alleyway as they approach, becoming more pungent the closer they get. Chlorine, I think. No. Bromine? Hard to tell. The detectives reach the end of the alley, and by a tall brick wall and large bins filled with unsold goods, they see two bodies, outlined in chalk. A look of confusion hits both of their faces simultaneously as they see the corpses, one dressed in a suit and the other a dress. Both figures are lying on their backs, their skin and clothing bright white, as if bleached of all colour. What is really striking, however, is that their faces are completely devoid of any features. They look more like mannequins than people. Their clothes lack texture, and when the Dragonborn Man goes to check the wallet of the suited body, everything inside is also blank. There is no blood, no bruising, nothing else out of the ordinary. Well, Van, my old friend, looks like we have our work cut out for us. Power Word Roll Eberron will be returning for a full series starting this summer.